to someone who is walked through pain and 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 still feeling it today i i just would like to say that um your identity is not and your story is not in your pain mm. Mm. that um the other side is emotionally knowing um that there's a deep place inside yourself, right? That you are going to get to the other side and Mm -hmm. it is possible. Um, But just knowing that you are not your pain, that it's not your story. Well, hello there and welcome to the Praxis Podcast. Uh, Praxis is the college-age community of Three Crosses Church in Castro Valley, California. And this podcast exists for the purpose of engaging in conversations that help young people flourish in life and faith. I'm your host, Max Critchfield. I'm the pastor of College Age Community at Three Crosses Church, and we're so glad you're here. Well, throughout this first season of the Praxis Podcast, we've been talking about mental health um, and its connection with uh faith. And I'm joined today by my good friend, Amanda Galetto. Uh, say hello, Amanda. Hi, guys. She's a uh, experienced Christian therapist, um, lover of Jesus, uh, just wise person. So honored to be talking with her over the course of this season and uh, excited to hear just kind of the insight and help that may come from the conversation that we have today, particularly on this topic that we're talking about, um, which can be can be pretty heavy and significant. So we're hoping that it's helpful for those uh, who are listening today. Uh, but before we get there, uh, we have our precious moment. Uh, this is just the time where we uh, ask our guest and I answer as well of just something that has made us smile recently. So uh, just something in this last season, maybe even today, just something to put a smile on your face. So Amanda, how about we start with you? Yeah, I, I think there's a couple that come to mind. The one that is near and dear in my household is that Advent is actually being experienced for the first time with my little people. They are putting together the story of Jesus and following the scripture with a calendar. And it's like you're just seeing their mind start to comprehend the beauty of our savior coming as a baby and it just is really mind-blowing to be a parent (laughs) and then to be a parent that is able to watch a little person get to know jesus and so just i feel so much joy and excitement for their just early graspings of jesus and his birth this season so it's been fun. Uh, for me, I think um, I kind of in this winter season, uh, I'm kind of a summer person, you know, shorts and a t-shirt, but we kind of grow these flowers in our family that grow from these like roots, tubers we call them. And um, <clears throat> in the winter, in the off season, we've dug them up and they kind of grow in clumps. So we split up the clumps. And so kind of at night after the kids go to sleep, I'm kind of dividing up these clumps, these tubers. And uh, it's just kind of an exercise in hopefulness because with each kind of 
dividing, you're seeing kind of these, these are going to be the roots of the flowers that we're going to grow in this upcoming season. And so it's just kind of a hopeful thing when the days are short and it's real cold, you know, to um, be dreaming about kind of this beauty that's coming mm. um, in a season ahead, even if it's kind of dark right now, which kind of a fitting theme for today's conversation. Did you so, plan that, Max? That's No, that's, I did not. That's pretty... Right in line there, sir. <laughs> well, there you go. God's plan. Um, so before we get into today's conversation, uh, just going to kind of read the disclaimer that we put at the beginning of every episode, which is this, that uh, this podcast episode is not a replacement for professional therapy. This podcast is a platform where we would where we will be sharing resources and information that may be useful to the general public. If you need immediate assistance, please call 988. So um, today, as you can see from the title of this episode, we're talking about trauma. And this uh, obviously is a very sensitive subject. And perhaps we want to say two things at the outset. First is perhaps to give a trigger warning. You know, if you're listening to this and you've experienced trauma or you are experiencing trauma, that today's episode might contain distressing themes, that uh, this conversation we hope is helpful for whoever might be uh experiencing those types of things, but wanted to say that at the outset. And I imagine for Amanda and I both, that if you're listening to this and you've experienced trauma, maybe that you haven't shared or explored um, before, that our first word of counsel to you would be to seek that skilled help, whether that's a a therapist, counselor, trusted friend, um, your doctor, uh, just to begin that conversation of, you know, maybe God's journey of healing that he might have for you. And, um, and so we just want to say that at the start. So, um, with that, we begin today's discussion about trauma and I think it might be helpful just to begin with a definition, you know, that when we say trauma, what do we mean by that? You know, how is trauma different from other kinds of hurt or disappointment that we experience? Is is it a continuum of pain? (laughs) You know, like when we are using the term trauma or maybe trauma in a clinical or therapeutic sense, like what are we talking about? What are we discussing today? Yeah. So I think trauma has other words that are maybe a little less intimidating to some, which could be like a wounding, an injury, Mm. a difficult event, I think those are other words that we use when we talk about trauma in a less clinical way for sure. And then, you know, trauma is an emotional response to a traumatic event, a distressing event. And it can be a a wide spectrum of things, right? It could be something as small as, um, you know, and small and (laughs) as difficult as a five-year-old bee sting, Right. When you're an adult talking about a five year old beasting, um, all the way to a single car accident, all the way to a messy breakup, all the way to child abuse or the death of a loved one, all of those could be traumatic and could produce an injury in the spirit that caused some mm. unrest. Mm. Yeah, I know at the very beginning of this season, we talked about. Uh, mental hygiene and we use kind of the picture of dental hygiene, you know, as kind of like this pain, right. That's kind of in your mouth, right. That cause you might cause you to seek professional help. And, um, 
was just thinking about kind of that, those overlaps of sometimes it can be a physical event. You know, we might experience something traumatic, like, like a car crash, for example, you know, that can cause physical pain, but it can also cause perhaps mental pain, pain in our soul, you know, as we maybe grapple with the pain of what we experienced. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, clinically, all of those could result in um, a response uh, mentally that causes it difficult, difficulty to drive in the, the scenario of mm. a car accident or difficulty to go to work. Um, it, it can, you know, obviously produce an outcome that would be around your actual mental health. We talk a lot about PTSD mm. um, and acute stress, which is is kind of the way in which we as providers talk about how we're going to actually help someone walk through a trauma that could, you know, obviously go that direction. Yeah. I'd like to drill in a little bit on that phrase, uh, PTSD, because I remember like growing up, I think it entered my consciousness for me, you know, I'm 37 years old sitting here. Um, people who were fighting like in the war in, Af in Iraq and Afghanistan, sure. you know, talking about coming back from war and having PTSD, right? Post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. And it feels like in recent years um, that that has expanded, right? To um, describe the pain of trauma that many people experience. And so I'd just kind of be curious for you to say more of like when we talk about post-traumatic stress, PTSD, you know, right. what, is, what does that mean and, and entail and what can that look like? Well, I think it's important to note that veterans kind of landed the term, right? That psychologists at the time were able to better understand and then qualify what is PTSD due to mm. vets. And, mm. and then as we grew in our understanding of psychology, we were able to understand that people who would go through, um, you know, a, you know, somebody's criminal act like a robbery mm. or um, gang violence or whatnot, that they would have a similar outcome and, and also mm. qualify for PTSD. So out of World War One, World War Two, then the, the language started to shape out. And then as we've gone on in the decades, we understand that it does manifest in our body and our brain and our spirit mm. due to lots of different types of events, not just prolonged exposure on the battlefield. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking back to the conversation we had about anxiety and you were just talking about like different responses to maybe similar events, you know, or difficult things where one person might, you know, experience pain of like worry about driving, I think was what we talked about in that episode, but other people like, it might like echo and like bounce around and like even mm -hmm. after you're out of the situation, it's still affecting you in the present, even though it's in the past, you know, right. it kind of sounds like that's what you're talking about with traumatic experiences, which I feel like as a pastor and a person who cares, we're not just talking about terms, you know, we're talking yes. about deep and real pain that people Absolutely. experience and people if you're listening now you might be able to name something in your own life that's a deep pain and we don't we want we don't want to make light of that you know right. that we're carrying heavy things as we're having this conversation today but it sounds like that's kind of what you're naming is mm -hmm. and like we're using a battlefield example we're using something painful that we've experienced like it's it was in the past but it's living with me now you know, correct it's, it's with me in my body and my soul that 
it hasn't just diminished, but I'm, I'm living it. You know, it's, it's coloring and it's shaping mm -hmm. my present reality. And I'm looking for relief from that because I'm still in pain. Right. Well, and when we're talking about PTSD and acute stress um, of a traumatic event, it's because something has happened in a certain amount of time that like the last couple of years versus when we talk about um, painful trauma that might be decades ago, you wouldn't necessarily still have PTSD, but you still have trauma that's unresolved that is impacting your life. It could be creating and shaping the way you parent. It could be creating and shaping the way you pick a partner. So there's different ways that it impacts, even if it's not recent, that someone okay. would want to actually decide to do what we call trauma work. Mm. Um, it would be for the hope of healing and freedom in a future, not just a past um, pain that has you know, left the immediate consciousness, um, but that it's kind of deep-seated and needs a space. Yeah. So there's kind of this um, umbrella of work, you know, and some of that might be addressing like PTSD, which obviously you would discuss with the therapist, a skilled helper, like we're talking about. And then there's also just like, there's something in the past that's impacting my present. Maybe I'm not feeling it at the acute level like right. a PTSD would be, but it's still something that's, it's impacting my decision-making. It's impacting my relationships. I haven't talked about it before. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's, it's coming to the forefront and it's something that it's becoming more apparent now and I feel like I need to address it. Right. Well, the number one thing that we're going to see with young people is how they date. That um, their childhood, the way that their parents' relationship was, would be immediately impacting their dating decisions. So young people are often coming in to see Katie and I and they're not sure why they keep picking the same gal or the same guy that's not quite the right fit and maybe not someone they would actually want to marry, but they aren't sure why they keep mm. picking the same kind of partner. And it can often be rooted in a trauma um, and trauma meaning uh, the exposure of different types of things in childhood. Mm. So maybe like kind of a, when you get to a certain stage of life, you kind of, this thing you experienced in the past that it may be forgotten about or pushed aside or pushed down, it's starting to come to the surface in this way that like, I don't understand, like, why do I keep getting, in your example, into these relationships with people I don't want to be with, but I, I kind of also find myself in, you know, yes. and I'm, I'm finding this cycle and I mean, that's kind of what you would you know, in a skilled helper relationship to start to tease out, you know, like, yeah, why do we keep finding ourselves in this same situation? And, and maybe there, there's a healing that needs to happen or to, something that needs to be explored so that there can be greater freedom in the future and in the now for you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we're going to talk more about kind of that path of kind of trauma work as you were talking about, which I remember in the very beginning of this season, we talked about going to the dentist and just avoiding that, you know, just like, I don't want to go, you know, because they're going to, they're going to find a bunch of stuff. I don't, I'm a scared of dentists. It's going to be painful. And I think even as we're talking about this, you know, dealing with trauma is probably one of those things where it's just like, I'd rather not go there you know? Mm -hmm. And I think what we would both say is like, hang in there. Don't stop listening to this episode, you know, because <laughs> uh, there's healing is available, right? That's how we started this season, but it might mean 
a trip to the dentist. It might mean digging into right. some things that might cause pain, but you know, it's, it's going to, it's going to bring a, a wholeness that God desires for every person, you know, and that's, that's the hope that we live in. Yeah. And I think obviously with that analogy, you know, us as therapists know it's an investment you're making and that the sooner that you make that investment, the smaller the price tag, mm. the smaller the amount of time mm. possible in the actual therapy couch, uh, because you have caught it at a time where you're still younger and able to kind of go, I'm not okay with this. And I, and I'd like to address it now versus adding on years and years of additional pain that is related to the original pain. Yeah. So there's a definite reward if you are willing to be brave younger. Mm-hmm. And um, I, in, even in my own life, I, my first uh, therapy experience was at 21 and I made different decisions in dating because I was able to talk about things that I hadn't mm-hmm. put together yet. Mm-hmm. And it was a wonderful and difficult process, but I'm very thankful for it. And, you know, we're, we're decades from there now (laughs) (laughs) and more therapy sense, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just an invitation to face it now, you know, that there's an invitation from God to meet us in, you know, that thing and exploring what might be painful, something we might feel shame about and want to hide, but that, you know, there's maybe there's a cost to inaction as well. I think that's what you're saying here, you know, that in your, maybe in your dating example, you know, that there's going to be pain and maybe entering into these like repeated failed relationships or not addressing some of the pain in my past. It's going to spill over. There's going to be, there's going to be consequence. There's going to be impact. And that if I can kind of do that work of entering into you know, this, the pain of my past that's impacting the present, that there can be a healing that has, you know, the sooner I, I'm willing to kind of enter and have that courage, maybe other people can have that courage with me and for me. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about that before the end of this episode, that um, there's just an, an incredible blessing there. We can spare ourselves maybe pain and the people around us if we're willing to just enter in. That's kind of right. sounds like what you're naming there. Absolutely. You can save yourself from that root canal. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I want to touch on something, Amanda, that I know is is a personal passion for you, and that's kind of the specific category of church trauma. And um, you said that that's kind of something that your kind of practice centers around. And I think at the time, I, I found that really interesting. And um, you know, why is that something that's of particular interest to you? Um, you know, how how might that be different, or what's unique about? Um, trauma that we experience in in the church, and why why does that drive you? Why is that something that's on your heart? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest reason is that um, helping people discover Jesus is just this incredible joy, hmm. and people get in the way of Jesus. <laughs> sometimes, don't we? <laughs> right, and so sometimes we need to talk about the people that are giving us messages about Jesus that are inaccurate, Mm. that are not scripture based, that are a concept or an idea within the culture that aren't actually Bible based and not true of the character of God. And so peeling back how people 
interact and relationally connect with Jesus is this really beautiful privilege I have. And often there is the institution of church and policies and politics and procedures and position that have maybe gotten in the way that have caused injury to people. Um, you know, in, in my generation, the purity culture of the 90s, right? There's sure. Christians that come and see me and talk about what it meant to go to a youth group that talked about um, what happens to you if you don't save yourself for marriage. Uh, it could be how a church delivers a sermon on racial injustice yeah. um, or fires a staff person after disclosing addiction. Mm. Um, it, it can be um, a lot of different things, but helping people unpack their experience and trauma within the church and Christian culture allows them to understand and separate what, what's God and what's people. Mm. And that's part of what I get to do. And I, I love doing that because um, I, I love that God has an intimate relationship with us. And I've had to do my own work to peel apart my experiences with church and people to see who God is and experience Him um, without those people and without those interpretations. And it's led me to even more freedom than I had before. So being part of people's experience to get there is just, yeah, it's just a, a freeing and, and, and privileged place. Yeah, I mean, as someone who has spent my entire adult life working in the local church, you know, 15, almost 16 years now, um, I've seen ugly stuff, you know, and there are just times where I think pain in the church can maybe hurt more, you know, because um, it's, it's a place where people want to feel safe, want to feel connected with God, and the church is led and served by people, broken, fallen people, you know, who um, share the same shortcomings that other people do. And sometimes there can just be perception of like, oh, you know, this person must never make a mistake, you know, or <laughs> they have it all together. And uh, speaking as a, you know, as a pastor, someone who's been serving a local church, I have so many shortcomings, you know, and there are times where I've disappointed people. And I kind of, I think about that sometimes of like in my position, leadership in the church of just like how maybe that just multiplied, you know, because like people look, look to me and um, I mean, that's something I have to work through myself, uh, just, you know, serving from this place of, of health, you know, in, in, in my calling. But um seen you know in those many years a lot of people get hurt in the church get hurt by the church and i think that finding a place to be able to sort through that you know and um and not just be like oh you know i, I hate this now this the church has hurt me and I'm, I'm leaving i'm leaving jesus i'm leaving the faith i think that's why the work that you're describing is so vital you know is it's like okay what um, what am I leaving, you know? And just thinking about the God who's who's forever faithful and at times maybe is distorted by the ways we get it wrong in church and in church leadership. And um, owning that, I think, is, mm -hmm. is such a vital thing to do and something that reflects the character of Jesus. You know, this, this humility, this compassion, um, this patience, this um, care, um, sometimes gets lost. Yeah, it gets lost and in 
the wake of that loss, there are people who need a space to recover. Hmm. A place where someone else loved Jesus and also holds space for pain. Hmm. And um, it can look so many different ways and the goal is just a non-judgmental place to sort through it and for the person who's in therapy to wrestle with themselves and God and to come out on the other end with a perspective of knowing and feeling the unconditional love of God. Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's uh, you used a phrase there, kind of holding space. And I know that's something that I've just become more aware of, just creating a place where you can just you can just say out loud, like, that really hurt, mm-hmm. you know? And I've just seen a lot of people maybe who felt like you just couldn't say that out loud, you know, like that, mm-hmm. you know, it's not Christian to admit that something painful happened in the church, you know, that some people got it wrong or they handled a conflict poorly. It's like, hey, just, uh, you know, if you really love Jesus, just sweep it under the rug and let's move on, you know, and it's just, it's dehumanizing, you know, and, um, and so I think just to create a place where we can just admit together that, that really hurt, um, that mm-hmm. wasn't right. Yeah. Um, and just in seeing in that and having conversations to that end, myself, you, others, you know, that healing can begin to say, you know, um, I can begin to, to believe that God's still there and he's good and he's with me um, in the reality of my pain, you know, and um, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean, I think I feel emotional just knowing that, you know, there is a possibility of that language getting to the church. Hmm. that people will be able to feel more human inside the church Hmm. that they don't have to go anywhere else, but into the church completely Hmm. as they are. And they don't need to be anything but themselves, even in the pain, even in the, what some might say the hard And um, it's not just talking about it from the pulpit, but allowing space for it within the people. Yeah. And to have that culture is what made me emotional when you were talking about it was Mm. the culture where people feel seen and heard and valued even in darkness. Like Mm. the scripture Mm. we were talking about the other day, that the valley of the shadow of darkness is... Mm is low and it's hard and it's weird and there's not necessarily a knowing of where it's going to go. But yet when the people of the body of Christ are with you in that space, they don't ask you to be anywhere different Mm. and they love you there. So incredible. Mm. Amen. May it be so. Mm -hmm. I think you're already answering this question, but just like if someone we know who's experienced trauma, they've they shared that with us. You know, how can we best love and walk alongside that person who's experienced this this significant hurt? And I think I'm hearing you say there of just one, if somebody comes to you, I think un- understanding like they're putting that's this huge step of trust just by them starting the conversation, right? And them saying, like, hey, you're a person in my life that matters and receiving what they say without kind of judgment or, you know 
excessive prodding, you know, and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm willing to, to walk with you, you know, along a, a path, whatever that might look like. If it's a present situation that you need support in, or if it's like sitting with you while you make a call to a therapist or you click around on some websites to find somebody, you know, something like that. Um, is there anything more there of like, we, someone we know who experienced trauma, what we, what, what counsel we might give to somebody who finds themselves in that position? The, the only thing that I can say is that um, just keep moving forward with them. Hmm. I think sometimes um, it's possible for um, us to forget that this is a process and we, you know, deliver a meal or we, um, you know, volunteer to old laundry or do these things to help people in pain and then we may not know how to follow up or um, to follow up at all. And so my encouragement would be just keep following up um, and continuing to say, how's that going? And um, can I help you make any calls this week? Just knowing that trauma and mental health loss, all the things that we're going to be spending time on in this podcast, it's not a one and done situation. Mm. These are, these are periods of people's lives, mm. sometimes years. Um, what I had a friend that had, um, a difficult thing happen. And I remember need, I, I needed to put it in my mind that I would check in with her once a month. Mm. Um, because I um, needed the accountability myself to remember not just to keep her in my prayer life, but also to actually make the call or, or the text and say, you know, how are things going? Um, do you want to go on a walk this week? But to make it a regular practice took accountability on my own part yeah. to remember her and to keep coming back and saying, how, how's, how's it going today? Where's, where's that feeling today for you? Yeah. I think that was the phrase that was kind of in my mind while you were talking is just keep, keep showing up. You know, I know sometimes like when people around me experience pain, maybe I, you know, send an initial text or something like that. And maybe they, they might not respond, you know, or it's like, it doesn't seem like anything happened. So I'm like, oh, well, may, and I, maybe I interpret that to mean like they're not, you know, my help isn't helpful. So I'm going to stop reaching out. But right. I think you'd probably say, you know, that maybe just because someone doesn't respond to that initial, um, you know, interest, that means that they have their own things going on. And I think they'd probably welcome our continued care, whether yes. that's a monthly, you know, check in or a text of like, hey, how are you doing now? You know, or, mm -hmm. you know, the month after that, like, hey, how's it going? I've been praying for you. Is there anything that I can do to support you right now? Yeah. Um, that sounds like an important thing. Yeah. And I think um, asking for, um, you know, the coffee, for the walk, for, um, you know, the time of connection, mm -hmm. um, that, that pain doesn't mean that we're not people. Yes. Pain doesn't mean that we don't need to feel seen and heard in person. Mm. Um, and so remembering that the follow-up doesn't have to just be an invitation for tell me how you are over this device, but also I'm, I'm willing to, you know, can I take you to dinner? 
Um, do you mm. want to go walk around the lake? Sure. Show up, not just, um, you know, in the flesh, uh, yes. you know, can it be in your presence? Being yeah. in the presence. Absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, as we begin to kind of land the plane here, is there anything else we want to say on this topic as we draw to a close? I think you had maybe referenced some things earlier that you wanted to get to before we wrapped. Yeah. Uh, let's see. To someone who is walked through pain and, and, and still feeling it today, I, I just would like to say that um, your identity is not, and your story is not in your pain. Mm. Mm. that um, the other side is emotionally knowing um, that there's a deep place inside yourself right that you are going to get to the other side and Mm. it is possible um, but just knowing that you are not your pain that it's not your story yes and I think sometimes in our culture of the gram and you (laughs) identify your whole self in this one part of your life Mm. like you're a fitness influencer so you are fitness sure and uh, that's not the whole person and and it's the same for trauma and wounding it is a part of where you have been but it is not your whole so that that feels important to remind the listener who yeah might be um, thinking that their whole life is, you know, a certain way because of this particular pain. Hmm. I'm not defined by what's happened to me or what I've done or what's occurred. I have an identity that's that's bigger, it's deeper, it's richer, um, it's beloved, right, in the eyes of God, and it's not. I'm not defined by what's happened to me. Yeah, I think that's a powerful word for sure. Yeah, I mean, I just obviously get super excited about remembering who we are in Christ and that it's separated. And, and you can check, you know, some of our notes that we have from other episodes where there's a specific understanding of who we are in Christ. Yes. Um, and then I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about what um, what kind of treatment is available. Is that is this a good time for that? Yeah, sure. Please share. I think it's important to know that, you know, uh, talk therapy is only one kind of therapy and, um, there are other therapies that actually help trauma be released from the brain, body, spirit. And, Mm. um, there's a couple websites that we will put with, um, information on this one is EMDR, one is IMTT and one is brain spotting all have scientific empirically based research that says, Hey, these are things that will help you work through the trauma, um, versus just talk about it. Mm. Um, if I talk over and over again about something that's really painful with someone, I'm not helping them actually <laughs> deal with it. Sure, sure. So I'm not going to like keep running through the same scenario over and over again with someone. I'm going to invite them into actually processing it with one of those particular um, skills um, and give them an opportunity to heal from the inside out. It's really incredible. Yeah. 
I think that's a really helpful word because maybe people have heard this episode. Maybe they're finding like, okay, maybe I will, you know, reach out to somebody about the trauma I've experienced, but I don't want to just talk like talk about it. You know, maybe mm-hmm. somebody has talked with different people, with friends or whoever about, you know, their trauma and nothing changed, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, what's the point of talking about it again? You know, I just, I'm experiencing it over and over. I don't want that, all the emotions and just, sure. you know, that, that idea. Maybe, I mean, maybe there's going to be some different freedom and talking about it and having it received in a different way, but just hearing that, hey, there's some of these different, you know, empirically based, evidence-based, you know, things where maybe I can get beyond some of that pain and it doesn't have to, you know, overshadow my life in the way that it has. There can be like this, um, you know, really fundamental, like moving forward that maybe there wasn't before that that I think is a really hopeful premise. Yeah, I think that... um you know, ultimately that's how things shifted for me. I, you know, being, um, in the trenches with people, um, you know, who are homeless and, um, struggling, you know, uh, knowing that their injuries needed to go somewhere that there, it mm. couldn't just be a, a conversation. It needed to be that they had the ability to work through them is what led me to grad school. Um, mm. and then led me to specific training so that people could, keep moving forward with their life. A therapist does not want to be um, seeing patients for years and years and years. Sometimes that's what is needed, but ultimately we, we want to be fired. Ultimately we want to be out of a job. We <laughs> sure. want people to say, you know, I feel like God has healed this part of my life and then I can enjoy it differently. Thank you. And we'll see you in heaven. And, and that there's this yeah. really incredible thing, right? <laughs> So um, we don't want to waste your money or your time, um, and we take the work very seriously. And so there Mm. is people that specialize in making sure that it goes forward and not just, you know, there's chatty Kathy about the same thing over again. Mm. Yeah, the passion and heart is for real lasting change where you can kind of put a stake in the ground of like something has shifted in me. Mm-hmm. Uh, praise God. Thank you. I'm moving forward. And um, that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Well, um, this podcast episode is not a replacement for professional therapy. This podcast is a platform where we will be sharing resources and information that may be useful to the general public. If you need immediate assistance, please call 988. Well, um, that was quite a profound conversation we had on a very deep subject, on the subject of trauma. Um, I want to say a huge thank you to our guest today, to Amanda, for helping us to engage with this really important topic. Thank you so much. And thank you to you for listening. We hope that you found today's conversation helpful, and we hope to catch you again soon. This is the Praxis Podcast. Have a great day.